0: What is up everybody to the nations worldwide. This is episode number 56 of the Travel Couple podcast, where we introduce you to a couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money, living that travel lifestyle. We are your hosts Mike Pletz and Natalie. Tune in every Wednesday as we interview travel couples living a travel lifestyle, get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other, listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. In this episode, we are joined by Jamie and Ivana of Wanderin2. They are a travel couple, one from New Zealand and the other from Scotland, but they met in London. They decided to quit their jobs to start to travel full-time with one another. We talk with them about tips for visiting Scotland, their travel experiences together, that have helped them grow as a couple, and how being real online has helped them grow their online presence. So without further ado, here's our interview with Jamie and Ivana. Today we are joined by Jamie and Ivana of Wander In Two, one born in New Zealand and the other in Scotland. They share their stories to inspire others to make their travel dreams a reality. You can follow them online at wanderinto.com. Hello, Jamie and Ivana. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Hi. thanks for having us.
0: Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to join us here. And I just want to get started to get to know a little bit more about the two of you and what you do. Can you guys give us a little bit of background about the two of you? Okay, Ivana, you go first. Tell us all about you.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, well, I guess I'm originally from New Zealand. I guess the short story is that I did a two-year working visa, moved to London, um, met Jamie, then we quit our jobs and we've been travelling for what, the last year and a half? Yep, year and a half. Um, and we're about to head off again.
2: That's a very short answer. It's, yeah, it is. a really short answer. Um, I'll go, I'll go. I'm usually, I'm the better one that gives answers. <laughs> and, and <actually. laughs>
1: I just smacked them.
2: <laughs> um, so I'm from Scotland, as you can probably tell by the accent, if you can even understand me. Um, and yeah, I lived in Scotland up until I was about 28, and then I moved into London and um, just for new opportunities and stuff was working and living there for about five years, and that is where I met this little Kiwi. (laughs) Um, And we actually met via the dating map Bumble, um, and we were together for about a year and a half, two years, before we made the decision to quit our jobs and travel, because that was one of the biggest things that brought us together was our our love of travel. So, so yeah, we've been traveling for the last year and a half, and we're we're currently trying to still chase this dream of full-time travel and making it sustainable.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, when you guys met, were you both interested in travel or did one influence the other to travel how did that all work out
1: um I guess like I've always been a traveler like I I love my freedom I love going out into the world and exploring and I think it comes from like being born and raised in New Zealand we're like kind of isolated in this tiny corner of the world and actually like you can't even go anywhere for a weekend trip other than in New Zealand itself because it takes four hours just to fly to Australia so it's 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 just such a far away from anywhere. And, um, we kind of grow up with this mentality that, um, when you're, when you finish uni, you finish school, you go off and do your big overseas experience, which we, we call the big OE. So that's kind of what I did. Like when I came to London to work, um, on my working visa for two years. Um, and then I met Jamie and like ever since I've been in Europe and London, I've been traveling. And so, pretty quickly like we ended up going on our first trip mm-hmm. so we started doing sort of like weekend breaks away and honestly we did about 10 holidays a year and it became a running joke in Jamie's family mm-hmm. that like we just travelled all the time. Um, so I think I definitely influenced Jamie in terms of travelling.
2: Yeah, no you did. Um, for me, I've always been passionate and keen on travel. And being from the UK, it's like the centre of the universe to get anywhere, because you can go to Europe quite easily. You can go you can go anywhere pretty easily. <laughs> big
1: contrast and,
2: from New Zealand. And, uh, big contrast. And it's, it's relatively cheap compared to everywhere else in the world as well to travel. But for me, growing up in Scotland, people are very happy where they are. They like to go on holiday, maybe down to Blackpool in England, or they might, might venture far enough to go to like, Spain for a couple of weeks. So it's very difficult for me to find someone with that shared passion for travel. And... Um, so that's one of the reasons I actually moved out to London, just for to try and meet new people and broaden my horizons. So when I came across Ivana's profile on Bumble, I <laughs> seen that she was well-traveled. She had a picture from every continent, I think. <laughs> and So that was what caught my eye first. So when we matched, it was like instantly that was the first thing we could really talk about. It was the first thing we had in common. And just ever since that moment, it's just always been the thing. That, the biggest thing we've had in common. Um, and yeah, but very quickly we started to book our first trips and we were not, it's just non-stop, absolutely non-stop from pretty much day one. So we made the decision actually when we went to Australia and New Zealand for a month to visit Ivana's parents and Ivana to show me her hometown and stuff. We done a, a road trip of New Zealand from north to south and it was there and then that we decided, you know, this is for us, this is what we should be doing. So we made the decision whilst in New Zealand that we're going to come back, we're going to save for a year quite our jobs and then and then go for it
0: nice nice now I want to start talking about your travels together and I want to start this with a simple two-word question that I ask every couple that comes on our show it's a very simple question but for so many couples it has such a complex response and that is why travel yeah I guess for
1: me it's just about I just have this urge to like see the world and experience other cultures. I love food. So I love experiencing like different cuisines. I just, I love meeting people. I think like when you can say that you've got a friend in like all these different countries and you know, you would reciprocate with each other by saying like, Oh, you can come and stay with me whenever you're back here or I'll go and stay with you. Like, I think that's such a beautiful thing and I love that now we can do that together and we've met, so many like minded people through travel. And actually, when you kind of step back and look at everything you've done and everywhere you've been, you realize that like everyone all over the world, like we're all just the same. We have the same problems. Um, we, you know, we like the same things. And yeah, it's just that interconnectedness. Um, and just feeling like you understand the world a bit better.
2: Mm. Yeah. For me, it was like, it's like a, an insatiable need for more. But not like more material things, just for more experiences, to meet more people, to go to more places, just to experience more. Um, and you're grown up again, growing up in Scotland, but it's quite inhibited. It's, the UK is quite inward-looking um, because they think they've got everything here. So to go out and experience the world and, and see things for yourself, to to go and experience places in Asia that were once taught, described to you as too dangerous to go and visit, to go and see places in you know in Europe which are you know you're told not to go and see because it's so dangerous and things like that you know and just to experience different cultures different religions and stuff and my perception every time i go somewhere new or i or meet someone new my perception of that the people or the place or the religion that they follow it always changes and always changes for the better i think it's very important for people to go out and experience the world from for themselves and not to believe what they see in, on social media or in the media and because you know it's a very different image that's portrayed in all these channels than it is actually in real life when you go and see it for yourself. So I think it's very, very important for you as a person to go and, to go and see these things because it does make you a a stronger person and a better person for it. And, and definitely the connections that you make as well. I I love having friends all over the world. The biggest thing that I love about the whole thing is meeting new people and making new friends. It's one of the things that I do probably best. So that's what's one of the biggest things for me. just just knowing that I've got friends all over the world that's
0: that's that's really cool.
1: It's a life education, isn't yeah. it? It's like you learn a lot about yourself, but you also learn a lot about other people.
0: Definitely, definitely. I couldn't agree anymore. And I want to start getting into uh, you know where you guys have been and as of late, where were you last? Where are you right now? and then where are you traveling to next?
1: Right. so the last place we were was actually London and England. So, the reason why we were there was um, I ended up just freelancing in my, I guess, the job that I've done in my career, which is I'm um, working in a digital agency as client service and delivery person. And so, that was to get a bit more money to enable us to continue on our travels. Um, we're currently in Scotland.
2: Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, we're in Scotland. This is obviously, this is where I'm from. This is a, a great base for us because the town that I'm from, all my friends are here, all my family's here. You know, we've got plenty of places to stay, rent-free, you know, the food, the drink, everything's a little bit cheaper, especially than London. So it's a great place for us to base ourselves just to, you know, reflect on what we've done and plan what we're doing and, and kind of fine-tune what we are doing in terms of our social medias and stuff. And Scotland's just a beautiful place as well, so it's, it's quite good to be here just to... It's
1: a home base, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: just to reflect that. It's good. it's good being here. Just being around familiarity and home comforts is... Makes it quite good to, you know, to be creative and stuff like that as well and to plan ahead.
1: Get yeah, get stuff done as well. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the next place we're going is... Turkey. Turkey. Yeah, we're going to Turkey. So, yeah, we've got a really special collaboration that we're going to be doing in Turkey. Yeah. Um, we're really excited. We've been literally looking forward to it for about six months now.
2: Yeah, we're going to a few different places in Turkey. Our next few months are actually hectic. <laughs> the last few months have been pretty tame because we have been working... And I've been just fo- focusing a lot on, you know, rebuilding all our channels and stuff like that. But in terms of travel, the next few months are going to be hectic. We've got like a this tour of Turkey, which is like 10 to 12 days, I think. And then we come back from there and then we, we're doing the Jacobite train in Scotland, which actually runs from Fort William to Malague. The Harry Potter
1: train. Yeah, it's the Harry
2: Potter train it's otherwise known. It goes over the Harry Potter bridge in yeah. Scotland that is very famous. So we're doing that. Um, We've got a couple of nights in Edinburgh. Again, we're working with a company there, so that'll be cool. Um, Just have a a base in Edinburgh for a couple of days to go out and explore. Um, And then we go to Italy. For my birthday!
1: Yeah, we'll
2: be spending Ivana's birthday in Italy. We're doing a little tour there, but it's actually just a personal thing. We're meeting a couple of friends of ours from Colorado. So they're they're meeting us there, and we're going to do a little tour. Um, And then after that, we have a camper van booked in Mm. Scotland, and we're going to do a little tour of Scotland in the camper van. And then finally, we have a one-way ticket back to <laughs> Bali in June, which is a place that we regard as kind of home, really. Um, so that's, that's what we've got planned so far.
0: Incredible. Very awesome. And, and Turkey's like way up there on our list of places to go. But in Scotland, uh, you know, sticking to, to Scotland for a moment, what is one thing that you would, you would recommend somebody definitely check out when in Scotland or where should they stay that they hit a bunch of different attractions that you think they'd be interested in?
1: In terms of an activity, what, what I totally recommend everyone must do when they come to Scotland is to bag a Munro. So that is to climb or hike a mountain that's 3,000 feet or over. Um, it's, there's so many mountains in Scotland and it's so beautiful. And hiking is like one of my favorite things that I've kind of come to love in the last year. Um, so yeah, if you're into nature, into hiking, into insane views and a bit of a challenge, then go bag a Munro.
2: And if you're not any hiking and you just want to have <laughs> a sightseeing tour on a little drink of whiskey, then you could do something that we've done recently. We worked with a company in Edinburgh recently, and they've done a, a three-day tour of the island of Isle of Skye. Um, it actually drives you up um, through the Trossocks and places like that, and eventually you make it up to the Isle of Skye. And they stop off at so many cool places, such as Glenfinnan Bridge, which is the Harry Potter Bridge and stuff like that. So I'd recommend that. If you're going to Scotland, naturally a lot of people end up in Edinburgh as a base anyway, because it is the nation's capital. It's probably the greatest city in Scotland. Um, and, yeah, the, the bus actually leaves from there, and it's a three-day, two-night tour. So it's a, a great way to see some in Scotland. Um,
1: okay, I've got, I've got one more.
2: And one more, here we go.
1: What Another thing we did um, in October last year was drive the North Coast 500, oh, yeah. which is basically a 500-mile like road trip around the northern highlands and it was amazing like we did so many things so many like walks yeah. um the, literally scotland has the most beautiful beaches in the world and they're just like so untouched because of the weather it's like it's amazing in summer but in winter obviously you can imagine it's freezing and no one wants to go to the beach but yeah. it, that was such a cool experience like i think we took 12 days to drive the route in there's so much along the way to stop and see. So if you're into road trips, that's a good one to yeah, do as well. It's
2: regarded as Scotland's Route 66. It's yeah. just a new thing. It's only been around for around three years, but it's gaining popularity very, very fast because the things that you see on that trip are just absolutely incredible.
0: Amazing. Amazing advice about Scotland, guys. And I want to start getting into some some experiences that you guys have had while on the road you know, travel brings a lot of different experiences, some some great, some not so great, some funny, some awkward, some embarrassing. I want to get into all these with you, starting with what has been your most rewarding travel experience together? The experience that really opened up your eyes to travel or traveling together uh, and really blew you away. What was that? Um,
2: probably the most rewarding thing was the Elephant Nature Park in Thailand. Before we left, we done a lot of research into ethical nature parks for elephants because obviously there's a lot of things in the media where people continue to ride elephants. I don't know why, but they still do. So we wanted to do one that you know was really geared up towards an ethical side of it. So we found the one in, which is Chiang just Mai. northern north of Chiang Mai. Um, so we booked in to do a volunteer. And it was a two-day night. Yeah, it
1: was two night, two days.
2: Two days, one night, I think it was. Um, experience up at the elephant nature park. So basically, you volunteer there. And it was just, it was absolutely incredible to see these elephants up close and personal just to, to feed them, to watch them in a, a, like a natural habitat, to, but more so just to, to be educated on them about the the traumas that they've had to endure um, and continue to endure um, through people continuing to ride them, continuing to use them for logging and all that kind of stuff. So that really opened our eyes. Again, I keep going back to being from the UK. You don't get a lot of this when, in the UK through the media. So it was quite important to, to see that firsthand. I used to see pictures on people's social media back in the day, riding elephants. And I thought, oh, that, that looks quite cool. Not knowing the full story behind it, that, you know, the elephants are actually being harmed um, for these people with, to ride the elephants, you know. So it was really important to see that up close and personal. It was just, I mean, elephants are just naturally incredible anyway. So just to walk amongst them and to, to help them and, and look after them was just absolutely amazing. And our, our heart that we actually stayed in you know, you opened up the back door in the morning at like six in the morning, the sun was rising and you're looking out and you're just seeing these elephants just walking about, just naturally in their own habitats, just enjoying themselves. You know, that was just absolutely mind blowing.
1: You could see them smile.
0: Yeah. They, like, they were loving they it. They looked happy. Yeah. That's, that's incredible for sure. And yeah, elephants are such incredible animals. And just to be, be near one is just, uh, it, it's, it blows your mind how massive they are. And it's, it's really cool. So, I want to get into another different type of experience. We've all had them, you know, these these awkward, embarrassing, maybe even hilarious travel experiences. Maybe they weren't so funny uh, in the moment, but looking back at them, maybe you can laugh. Do you have any experience like that you'd want to share with us?
2: (laughs) Um, The only one that I can really think of that really comes to mind, and it's a a go-to story when we tell a funny story from our travels last year, it was the train in Vietnam.
0: Oh,
2: God. Yeah, this is... Ivana loves this one. <laughs> so, so foolishly or unfoolishly, we booked a lot of our travel well mm. in advance because we, we thought it would be cheaper that way. So we were kind of restricted to the, the route that we were going to go mm. um, for the first six to eight months of our, our travels, um, which had its benefits and its, its drawbacks. But anyway, we ended up on this train in Vietnam and I think we booked second class. No, it
1: was third class. Third
2: class, third class. And by third class... It was definitely third class. We were on there with the locals. It was like.
1: Like when we lined up to get on the train, the guy that was checking tickets actually said to us, Are you sure this is the right carriage? And I was like, Yeah. Yeah,
2: That was a good sign. No, that was not. I was like,
1: Red flag, red flag. So it was actually
2: the night train as well. So you're you're expected to sleep on these trains. And I say, Expected to sleep. So we got on the train and it's like the seats, were they like wooden or something like
1: that? No, I mean, they were kind of like old airplane seats. So like, I was like, Okay, this looks fine. Like,
2: it looks like somebody it built right. it from their shed, this, this <laughs> carriage, just like thrown together. Um, so the train takes off, and and it, I mean, it, initially we thought, oh, this is quite funny, you know. But, like a
1: local guy handed you a can yeah. of beer, like it was all going all right. Yeah, the
2: first 10 minutes was brilliant, then it went downhill very quickly after that. Um, so the first thing was, Ivana spots a cockroach mm. by her, just right next to her on the right-hand side, because she was sitting by the window, there was a cockroach ran by her. That, that was a red flag. And then the next minute, the woman behind Ivana put her feet through the chair.
1: Like this, her socks are yeah. right in my face.
2: So her feet and her socks are <laughs> right in Ivana's face, which was absolutely disgusting. And then the woman behind me, she actually fell asleep holding the headrest in my chair. So I was basically like cuddling into this woman. Um, as she had a nice little sleep. And, and So it continues from there. Um, as the night went on.
1: There was a lady selling me. Yeah. Like so that.
2: we were trying to get to sleep. Um we will trying to get to sleep and as the kind of the night fell, we tried harder and harder to get to sleep. It was very noisy in the train, full of Vietnamese, who are very vocal at all times of the day. And next minute this woman starts trying to sell banh me at like one in the morning and I and she is not quiet about it. She's not discreet about it. She's walking down the train. Like
1: screaming, mi! Yeah,
2: screaming. Banh mi. She's got a big old butt which keeps hitting me in the face <laughs> as I'm trying to sleep. And not only that, she's walking down the train, she's grabbing every head, headrest just to pull her along. So she's grabbing my headrest almost, and sometimes she's actually grabbing my face <laughs> to pull her along the train. And I've got my sleeping mask on, trying to sleep here. So that's going on. And then I go to the toilet, and the, oh,
0: God. the
2: toilet is absolutely disgusting. I don't even want to go any deeper, but yeah, you know, actually there was little plastic chairs, so I actually made a line of plastic chairs to to to, to like climb over the chairs to get to the toilet whilst continuing to stand on a plastic chair.
1: With the door open. With the door
2: open because it was just, (laughs) it was hell on earth. And
1: you think it's all over. We were like, you know, we're only four hours away from destination. And then
2: the nail nail in the coffin for me, uh, and this is where it actually went from really upsetting to funny. funny, because it was like, it can't, this is not real life. It like, felt like the Truman show. It felt like we were on a TV show. We
1: were being tested at the yeah. time.
2: So it was like four or five in the morning. I, I think I just kind of managed to doze off. Yeah. And next minute, there was a chicken on the train that no, starts, like a rooster, a rooster on the train that starts going cock a doodle doo. And I'm like, You're <laughs> like, absolutely kidding me. And it was absolute. At, at that point, I just burst out laughing. I thought, this is hilarious. This is just absolute sketch show. And, um, but, thankfully enough we, we kind of recorded it all for our instagram stories yeah. and we put it all up and we eventually got to the hotel we went to sleep and we woke up and we had so many dms people were in absolute hysterics at the whole story so looking back it was hilarious but during the time it was like this is what are we doing here why are we why did we leave the comforts of home to come here and do this
1: it was like the worst train journey that we've ever taken and i think like we would probably Unless we want to go through it again, we probably will always try to book, like, first or second class yeah. now. Yeah,
2: definitely. Uh, um, that, so that was, the, that was the story.
0: Yeah, I think that's the uh, the best train story I've ever heard. <laughs> that was a really good story, guys. And, I mean, th- th- that could classify as this next question I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyways – you know, travel brings these these bad experiences that maybe you can look back on and laugh. Uh, do you have a bad experience that you would want to share?
1: I've got, I think we've got two. Okay. So My one is um, one day we were in Thailand and it was kind of like the beginning of our travels. And I would say that like looking back, we just like did not know what we were doing at all. But um, we decided one day to, we would get one of those like tuk tuk, things which it's I don't know if you've ever been to Thailand but in Krabby they're like the red trucks and you kind of jump in the back Um, so we got one of those to Krabby Old Town because we thought you know we need to explore a little bit wider than Patong Beach where we were staying and we got there and Jamie's back just completely seized up and he actually couldn't walk like when I say he couldn't walk he was literally like taking one step every five seconds and it was like the tiniest baby step you've ever seen and I'm I kind of like You know when you see someone and they're in so much pain but you can't stop laughing? Like It was just so funny to me. But then we were kind of like stuck in crabby old town. And I was looking around and we were trying to walk the streets, trying to find like a red truck to take us back to Patong. And there was none in sight. And it was so bad. Like I would leave Jamie at like a crossing and I'd run like down the road to try and find a tuk-tuk. And I couldn't find one, so then I'd run back, and then I'd get back to him, and I'd go in the other direction. And he was, like, in such pain, and I was just like, this is such a terrible situation. Like, I don't actually know how we're going to get home. Then eventually we saw, like, one of the red tuk-tuks, like, parked up, and he didn't look like he was working. Um, and so I went up to him, and I was just like, please, please, I know you, you don't look like you're working right now, but can you take us back to Patong Beach? And he was like, go with my friend. So I just started we – we had to basically follow this random guy who then took us to, like, a white ute, and I was like, this is not – in my head I was like, this is not an official, like, taxi. I was like, who is this guy? And like – but we were kind of at the point where Jamie was in so much pain. It was either get in this guy's car and, like, hopefully he'll take us back to Batong and not murder us, or, like, just stay stuck on the streets of Old Town Crabby in misery and pain, and I was like, just get, Jamie was like, is this an official tuk-tuk, we're we not getting in this guy's car, and I was like, just get in the car, so we ended up getting in the car, and this poor guy drove us all the way back to Patong, and like, the whole way, I had my Google Maps GPS on, because I literally thought he was going to kidnap us, take us, and murder us, but like, thankfully, we got back, Um Jamie went and got a massage, like, for his back to to make it better, and we didn't die, so you know that was a tricky situation um but we made it out alive
2: <laughs> yeah that was, that was that was not a good situation not good but the other one for me was when again i go back to vietnam and <laughs> one of the most popular things to do in vietnam is to rent a motorbike and do north to south or south to north, and um, because the roads are and the, the scenery is just many well as just incredible and um, so when we were and where was it dalat or
1: Um yeah dalat
2: so we were in dalat and one of the most popular things to do there in particular is just to do a motorbike day tour. So, as soon as we got off the bus, the guy was there ready, hounding us, had us at his little coffee shop, literally like 100 <laughs> yards away, trying to sell us this motorbike tour, you know. And we thought, well, you, why not? Let's do the motorbike tour. And I foolishly said that, you know, I've got a motorbike license. So, he was like, well, you can take my motorbike and I'll bring another motorbike and you can follow me. So, like, okay, the next day he turns up with a motorbike. And within seconds, like, he's on his motorbike and he's off. So I've not had a chance to look at the motorbike, you know, inspect it, work out the gears, you know, because every motorbike's different. So he's off down the road, so straight away we're, like, jumping on it. <laughs> Thank I'm, I'm working out, I'm, I'm trying to work out the gears, the brakes, and everything as I'm going. So that was that was a red flag straight away. But the guy was just off. Every time we stopped somewhere, he was off, and we were having to chase him. So it wasn't too great. Eventually, he kind of disappeared down a kind of, an alley, took a very sharp turn down a left-hand turn to go down towards an alley to we were going into some cotton factory or something like that. And as he, he turned, he'd done such a sharp turn that I tried to turn quickly as well, um, but the, the ground and the tires and all the rest of it wasn't in good condition. So if, as we tried to turn, the bike went underneath us, and me and Ivana actually fell off the motorbike. Um <laughs> So, but thankfully... We crashed. Well, we crashed. We did not system So, but luckily for Ivana, I broke her fog. So, she landed on me. I landed on the ground. I, bu- like, I busted on my shoulder, on my knee. I think Ivana got, like, a little rip in her. In her
1: I got, like, gravel rash on my knee. Yeah.
2: That was about it. So, it, it worked out not too bad. I took the I took the worst of the injuries. Mm. So, it was... It could have been a lot worse. So, and that was it. That was, that was probably one of the, the scariest things that's happened to but us. But then
1: also, like, I was freaking out because I was like, oh, my God, like he's we've totally just like this this motorbike tour is just so off the cuff like we have we haven't done a deposit like is he going to charge us for like scraping his bike like it's his personal bike like I felt so bad and he he was just concerned about us being okay probably because like it was a bit dodgy for him for us to be driving a motorbike without really an official license but like uh it was just like a bit of a
2: Yeah, we got to the end and he never asked for any money or anything like that. He was just, you know, he was was very apologetic and he kind of disappeared quickly, to be honest. Yeah, the
1: one thing he didn't do was let us write in his, like, guest book. (laughs) He kind of Because, like, in the beginning when he was selling us the tour, he was so proud of, like, all the people from different countries that had, like, written a review in his guest book. And he, like, he totally wouldn't let us leave one because I think he was scared about we would mention the crowd or something.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So... I, I like to talk to you guys about, you know, your different experiences together to see what you guys have gone through as a couple, because travel, it, it really has a, a big effect on your relationship, whether it's good, bad, or, uh, you know, pushing your, your relationship forward. And I want to ask you guys, how do you feel travel has affected your relationship together?
1: Are you sure
0: you want to open that
1: can of worms? <laughs> I love you, Hal. I <laughs> uh, i yeah, I think it's – I mean, it's it's definitely taught us more about each other. It's put us in situations that we wouldn't have normally got to if we were leading sort of like a life where we both just go off to work, come back home, cook dinner, go to the gym. Like, you know, it puts you in some hectic situations. Um, It brings out different sides of your personalities or or yourself that, you know, you start having to deal with as well as having to kind of like be there for your partner or – I mean –
2: for me, I mean, travel traveling with your partner sounds so glamorous and <laughs> it sounds so much fun. And it, when you look on Instagram, it looks like the best time in the world. But in reality, it is the hardest thing that you'll ever have to do to spend that much time with one person. You could spend that much time with your best friend, uh, a brother, a sister, your mom, and you would want to kill them. Yeah. So, and it's no different when you're with your partner because we're not built, as humans, we're not built or designed to be with one person 24/7. every single day. To make every decision together every single day is really, really, it's so intense. And uh, especially when you incorporate a social media into it, so then it almost becomes a business as well. So this person becomes not only your, we're obviously, we're engaged, so not only your fiancé, they become your business partner. And because you're away from home, they also become your best friend. They become your your family, your support mechanism, they become your workmate. They become the, the pet that you love from back, you know, they, they fill the void for absolutely everything, you know, like in a normal environment, you, you go to your work, you, you spend time with your workmates, you go home, you see your, your partner, then you might go out see your friends, you know, you, you break it up. But when you travel with your partner, there is no light, there's, the lines become blurred because you literally spend every single minute of the day with each other, every decision is together. Every situation you deal with it together. So it's it's so intense and it brings out the the absolute best in both of you, but it definitely brings out the worst as well, individually and together. We've been to hell and back, Ivan and I, and we continue to go to hell and back. And we're very vocal about that in our stories. We're very honest about it because I think that's important because too many people paint this picture that it's of perfection and amazing to spend so much time with the one they love every single day. But it's not like that. That's not normal. That's not natural.
1: Um, I mean, it, is, it definitely has its upsides, and I think I think people just need to remember that, like, no relationship is perfect, and that it's, it takes, like, a lot of love and growth and, like, working patience. things out together, patience. and, like, you're always going to have ups and downs, it's never just going to be like, you know, oh, yeah, we've climbed this mountain together, like, you're going to have bad times, it doesn't matter what situation you're in, and travel's no different.
2: Yeah, travel's a stressful thing to do anyway. Um, but to do it with someone 24/7 is just, you know, you can't. No one can understand what that's like unless they've done it with themselves, and you can't explain what it's like either unless they've done, unless the person's done it themselves. It's just, it's a crazy dynamic, and it does, it will make or break a relationship. If you can survive this, you will survive absolutely anything. That's for sure. True.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I like to talk to, about that with our guests because. I mean it, it, like you said, it's just not it's just not real to live this, you know, picture perfect lifestyle that you see in Instagram. It's just not real that, you know, there's not gonna be arguments, especially when you're on the road, especially when you're traveling, and especially when you're spending every moment of the day with this person and running a business or taking care of your social media and all this work that's going into this lifestyle. It's just not just not realistic.
1: No. Tyllen. Totally.
0: Not at
2: all, not at all. So we try, and we we think that's very important, and that's one of the the things that we feel is is really important when we what we try to portray through all our social media channels. And what we do is, you know, we'll show the good days and we'll show the bad days. We can have the best fun on our stories ever, or you know, there could be a day that's really sh- and and we'll show that, you know.
0: Definitely, definitely. So, how about when planning a trip? What goes into all this? Because there, there's a lot that goes with. Planning a trip, you know, booking the flights, booking the hotels, and planning the itinerary. Do you guys set up a system that each of you take care of something, or how do you go about this? Yeah, we've got a system,
2: and it's called Ivana deals with all of that. (laughs)
0: that. That's my system.
1: I'm I'm definitely the planner in the relationship, but um, I guess we plan things differently depending on um, sort of how long we're going for and where we're going. So. For our previous trip where we traveled for about 11 months, um, we wanted to save as much money as possible. So we ended up booking accommodation on booking.com in advance, and which obviously you can cancel if you end up changing your plans, but we kind of just stuck with the plan and it was good. Like we didn't spend like a lot of money and we got a lot of places for like a discounted amount um, because we booked so much in advance. Um, but I guess for upcoming trips, like for example, Bali, like we haven't, I haven't planned anything. Yeah. I guess the only thing that we have planned is um a few things that we'd like to go and do and see that we didn't get to last time. But I guess um say we are going on a like one week road trip, which we've got coming up in Scotland. I would definitely like plan the route according to things that we wanted to see, like content that we wanted to get and write for the blog, for IG. um. There is definitely a lot of research that goes into it before we head off. Like, I don't think there's ever a time where we'll just kind of go somewhere with no expectations and no research and planning. Like, we definitely, in order to maximize our time, um, definitely always research and plan ahead. Yeah, that's I, actually, about yeah, I literally love planning. Yeah. I think I'm a bit of a geek. Like, she I, has a geek. I can't tell you how much I just like love looking up destinations. Like, instead of sometimes I have stuff to do. Like. Jamie's like, oh, you need to write this blog post this week. And all I want to do is like look up what to do in Turkey. And it's like it's distracting because I love it so much.
2: Yeah, Ivana's got spreadsheets for spreadsheets. <laughs> um, i never, never used a spreadsheet before in my life until I met Ivana. <laughs> um, but literally everything we do goes into some spreadsheet somewhere, which I never look at, so it's always for her. Um, but she is the planner. I'll give her that. She, that is her, her, definitely her strongest point. She plans everything. Um I'm more of a go with the flow and just see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. So she's the happy medium between the two because I give her her credit. Like, we wouldn't have seen, especially in Asia last year, we wouldn't have seen half the stuff or even 80% of the stuff that we've seen if it wasn't for Havana's planning. So I'll give her that one.
1: I mean, my dream one day is to just, like, I just want to go on a trip where I don't actually have to plan anything. <laughs> Someone just takes me everywhere, and I'm just like, la, 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 go with the flow. One day. That would be great. <laughs> one-
0: it, that, that's what we see with so many couples is, you know, one one side of the couple really ta- is a is really a planner and really takes care of everything in that aspect. And and I think that's great because you know you're playing to somebody's strength. And uh, obviously, you know, if you play to your strength in a relationship, it's only going to push you guys forward together.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. How <laughs> how about a destination that you guys are uh, you know have been to and is at the top of your list to go back to because you love it so much? What is that destination or that destination you would recommend to another couple out there that has the exact same interests as you two?
2: Well, for us right now it's Bali, and the reason behind that is we were there for 2 months last year. Um and we'd done a lot, but we, we didn't even scrape, scrape, scrape the surface because of all the natural disasters. We were there during all of the, and the earthquakes, earthquakes and you know, the volcanoes and all that kind of stuff. So every time we tried to go to like the, the, yeah, the <laughs> islands and stuff like that, there was a natural disaster. So it was, it was a really difficult time. We didn't manage to do it. It half the stuff that we wanted to do. So that's one reason we wanted to go back. The other reason is we made so many friends there. It's literally the center of the universe for digital nomads. Everyone's there. Everyone's there, and it caters for you as well because all the cafes are are really cool and quirky, and they've got good internet speed, and they really are catered towards digital nomads. So it's just it's really infectious to be around all these kind of people. Um, so that's another reason we're going back. We we do know there's going to be some of our friends are going to be there, and we're we'll hoping to meet other. Um, couples who are are, you know, other travellers who are are doing something similar because again, you do learn something from these people and everyone's so willing to share and help each other as well so that's a big reason we want to go back and and again, we just felt it was comfortable there it was Mm -hmm. a nice lifestyle, you could go to the beach in the evening after you'd done some work, you know, you wanted to go on a sunrise mission to a rice terrace, you could go and do that so it really caters to what we're trying to do so that's why we want to go back so I would recommend Bali to anyone but for Someone who wants to experience Asia, I'd say probably the best place to go is Thailand. Mm. Thailand literally caters to all tastes. Uh, We spent two months in Thailand, and it was just absolutely incredible. Um, Every place is different. You could go to the islands, you can go to the jungle, um, you could go to Bangkok and experience the city. And it's just, there's so many things there. They've got the infrastructure, because they've been doing it for so long, and catering to tourism for so long, they really have the infrastructure Um, to deal with tourism and to give you a good experience as well Um, and the islands are all just absolutely beautiful Um, the people the Thai people are you know so hospitable as well and so I I would recommend for someone looking for an all round trip who maybe not digital nomads or they are digital nomads and they need to get content as well Thailand's literally the perfect place for that
1: I would love to go back actually definitely
0: nice nice great great suggestions in wrapping this part of the interview up uh do you guys have any more advice for a couple out there that wants to go traveling hasn't been traveling yet together any more advice in terms of their relationship in travel
2: um for me I'd say don't expect too much from each other because definitely have patience that's what I'd say actually definitely have patience there's there's going to be days where it's very difficult you know you're going to be homesick or the weather's going to be terrible or you've missed a, you've missed the transport or, you know, if something goes wrong. There's days where one of you is going to be upset or both of you are going to be upset. So find coping mechanisms, you know, find tools for, for those moments where, you know, maybe you need to separate, you know, maybe you need to go and spend half an hour away from each other or two hours away from each other. There's no shame in, you know, taking some time apart. Um, don't put too much pressure on each other to be there every day every minute of every day. Um,
1: Yeah, keep it positive, like keep it lighthearted, you know, like you definitely will go through challenges, but sometimes, you know, it's just your mindset. So if like, for example, the Vietnam train situation where the rooster started cockadoodling, like, and we just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Like, you know, you can really change your mindset and change your energy and just make sure you're always kind of being a positive, kind and loving person. And just like, you know, if you can see one person's hangry, just stop what you're doing and go get them some food. Like they'll feel better. And yeah. it's just like the little things, you know?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Patience is definitely one.
0: I love that advice for sure. And now I want to turn this conversation towards Wanderin2 and, and everything that you guys are going online there, starting with where did the name Wanderin2 come from?
1: <laughs> um, we we made like, we we knew we needed a name. Yeah. And we literally, oh my God, it took us a month because like, we, we just like every day we were both working full time and we, we had this task, like create a name for this brand. um And every day, like Jamie would come home and he'd be like, I've got it. And then he'd share like five names with me and I'd be like, I hate them all. Yep, and then the next day I'd be like, I've got it. And I'd share this list of names and he'd be like, I hate them all. Yep. And honestly, this went on for like a month. And it then no one, one day Jamie came up with a suggestion I can't even remember what it was anymore, but it was like, and then I kind of put a twist on it and it became Wondering 2. And we both just looked at each other and it had been such a long time that we'd been like trying to find a name and we just go, that's the one. Yeah. It was <laughs>
2: like, it, we wanted a like, double quick, meaning.
1: Yeah. Look up, look up, dub, dub, dub. Does it exist? Does it exist on social? Is it free? It's free. So I was like, get it.
2: <laughs> yeah. But we, wanted a, we wanted a name that was like obviously incorporated the travel, we wanted to, to incorporate, there was two of us, mm. and we wanted, so we wanted to, to like, have a, a double meaning, um, so the wandering two thing was, it did, it took us literally months, I mean, were, every day I was sending Ivana messages, <laughs> what about this name, what about this name, and every time, without fail, she hated it. I
1: mean, I sent you
2: Zazio and you hated it. was, and I thought, <laughs> we are getting nowhere here with this name, but it was just one day we were sat, Ivana was making a cup of tea, and... All of a sudden, we just together we just came up with this name, and very quickly I searched to make sure the domain was free. You know, all that it was free on in Instagram and all the rest. Of it and it just it was perfect. So we just we locked down on it, and ever since it's I th- we think it's a good name, and it's you know still t- you know it means it, it sums us up perfectly. So, um, so now that's that's how we decided on it.
0: Definitely a great name, and I mean, with we talked about how you guys plan a trip and how you split up the responsibilities with that but how about splitting up the responsibilities with everything that goes into you know creating this online presence the website the writing the photography the instagram everything that you've got going online and everything uh, you know that goes into it how do you split that up between the two of you
1: um that's actually taken us quite a long time to figure out and I think it has been because we've both been like learning along the way so for example, like in the beginning, I would take the photos on my camera and I'd actually edit them. Whereas now um it's, we take photos on Jamie's camera and Jamie predominantly like edits all of the photos. Um And I think as we've added platforms or like added new tasks that we'd like to be doing on wandering Two to sort of our mix, our little ecosystem of our digital online world, we've kind of had to adjust because obviously one person can't do everything. And, I mean, there's definitely been times where like one person's done more and it's just down to like the skills at the time, what they've learnt, um, all the things that we've like needed to do. Um, sometimes one person is better at it than the other. But I think now we've got like a really good system and we've recently kind of looked at all our channels and gone, okay, what do we want to be doing on them? Like what's our strategy? And therefore, like what is all the work that we need to produce and how do we split that between the two of us so that... Number one, like it's not just one person doing all the work that it's split fairly. But number two, how do we make sure that actually we both have the capability? So say like Jamie needs to go away for a week and he can't do anything. Like, can I do this all by myself or like vice versa? So I think we've got a real good system down. Um, We we kind of do split a lot of the stuff evenly down the middle. Um, But there are definitely still some tasks which say I do and he doesn't or vice versa. So I, as you heard before, definitely do like all the planning and research, whereas Jamie still edits all the pictures. Um, But I guess we do want to transition and make sure that we're both learning skills and stuff as well.
2: Yeah, it's taken us up until very recently just to get this kind of system in place where we both understand what both of us are doing um, together and separately. because as Ivana says, over time, our skills have developed differently. Like mm-hmm. at the beginning, I, I couldn't even tell you how to turn a camera on In mm-hmm. the beginning. I, I couldn't tell you anything about photography at the very start um, or editing pictures to that matter. But now I've got my, I bought a new camera. I could tell you everything about photography. I'd like to think I had all the pictures. So I'm, I'm getting very good at Lightroom and dabbling with like Photoshop and things like that. And that's just through um, perseverance of trying to learn these new skills. So naturally, I've taken over those roles from Ivana. Um, and Just things with the blog as well. We've now got a system in place where you know it's it's an equal thing. And but again, like as Ivana says, we've very recently we've sat down to talk about all of our channels to make sure you know we're, we're balancing all the plates because there's so much involved in every single channel that you know we need to be in the ball every single day. You can't take a day off with us. So it's very important that we both know what, what our jobs are collectively and um, um, separately. So it is a work in progress, but this is the most comfortable I think we've ever felt about Definitely. who's doing what, when it needs to be done. And it, it does feel a lot better because it, it can become very anxious if you, you know, you feel the other person's maybe doing not doing enough or you feel that you're not doing enough or you don't know what you're meant to be doing or <laughs> you see a channel that's going unattended and, you know, things are starting to slip. So I think it's very important that, you know, you do work together, you come up with a system that works, you know, um, you know what the plan is, you know what the strategy is, you know what the goals are. Um, Just keep working towards them exactly so that that's really important
0: absolutely absolutely and and you know it goes to playing to one another's strengths again and obviously you guys have improved um you know the more you learn the more you practice the more you improve and obviously you guys have you know kind of started to solidify what the two of you are doing I- within the business for sure definitely
1: definitely it only took one and a half years
0: yeah <laughs> Now, what do you feel has been the most valuable platform to, to grow your online presence?
1: In the beginning, we probably would have said Instagram because I guess that's where our focus was and that's where we started. Um, but in the last sort of eight months, we've just plateaued. And do you know what? We maybe like, I don't know, in the same time frame, we decided to put more focus on the blog because we learned a little bit more about blogging and what the possibilities were and... You know, as I said before, we did like redo all our strategy and across all the platforms that we're on. So I guess I would say our focus right now is growing the blog um, and supplementing it with channels like Instagram, Facebook. We actually want to start getting back into YouTube. I mean, you know, we, we do have a lot on the go.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, initially it was Instagram. Instagram was the one. Instagram was the one that Ivana showed me. She showed me people like Marie and Jake, Charlie and Lauren, all these other different couples at the very beginning. And that was the you know, that was the people that we kinda of aspired to be like at the very beginning. So Instagram is definitely the channel that we started out on. And we we done quite well initially, we with very little skill and very little talent. And we done quite well to grow our channel initially. But over the over time as the algorithm changes, as we all know, it's become very difficult and the work that we put in did not equate to the, the reward that we got back. In terms of growth or engagement, in ter- well, and likes on our pictures and stuff. So I got I, I got really fed up with it because I, I I was spending we were spending so much time researching locations, you know, going there to take the pictures, then you were coming back to edit the pictures, caption the pictures, you know, it's, it's a whole process that goes into posting one picture on Instagram. And you know, if it doesn't do well, it's it's almost like a, a personal, you know, failure that feels like you know it, you take it really hard. So over a period of time, where the algorithm was really hammering us and our stuff wasn't doing too great, and due due to the fact um, I became really disheartened and to the point where we were almost ready to give up. It was like, why are we doing this? What's the point anymore? We're not getting anywhere. But it was one day I was actually looking at the blog and looking at the numbers and we kind of neglected the blog for a while because we didn't really know what we were trying to do with it. We didn't really know too much about what it could offer us in in the long run. And the numbers had actually grown organically over time, and I was like, "Well, this is this is good. This, Mm -hmm. you know, you can actually see that the work that we've done earlier in our travels is actually equated to our numbers growing. So the more research that we've done on SEO, on blogs, and the rewards that they can offer at the end, it just it seemed perfect sense because we're both very good writers. We can both very write very good blog posts. You know, we're both skilled at that, which is probably the one thing that we're both skilled at. So we thought, well, why not set ourselves a target of writing one blog post each per week for the entire year just to populate the blog and grow it and see what happens. So that's that's what we've been doing. And I went to a blogging conference recently and there was people like Nomadic Matt there and a whole a whole lot of other talented people. Chasing bloggers. the donkey. Yeah, there's loads of talented people like Vlogger of the Year and Blogger of the Year, all these incredible people. And it really had home what they were saying there. What they said was, you know, on the internet, you don't own Instagram, you don't own Facebook, you don't own any of these social channels. The only thing that you own is your website. It's the only only real estate that you own on the on the internet. You know, you look at Vine, what happened to Vine? It's gone. You look at MySpace, gone. Snapchat, yeah, Bebo. (laughs) Snapchat's disappearing. Facebook's being suppressed. Instagram's becoming suppressed. It's, you know,
1: it's the classic like marketing 101 where your own space is just so much more valuable than like the earned, shared or paid. So yeah. Um, so
2: what they said is use your social channels to obviously grow them, put a lot of time into them, but use them to utilize them to, to drive traffic back to your blog. And again, because that is the only thing that you own. And there's so much more scope with a blog to, to make a supplementary income or to make a full-time thing than there is an Instagram. People think you get 20,000 followers on Instagram. That's you. You've made it. You know, you've done, you're, you're making money. We know people that are on hundreds of thousands of, of followers who, who don't make money. You know, it's, it's it's no guaranteed success. You know, once you reach a certain amount of followers, that's you. You can quit the day job and that, you know, you can live a, a glamorous lifestyle. Whereas with a blog in the long run, it, gathers, it gains traction, and there's, there's so much more scope to make money from it. So that's, that's, that's our main focus right now is the blog.
0: Definitely. And, and I like that you said, you know, with, with all these social channels, you don't own them. So basically, your, your blog, your website is the thing that you own. So, you know, the fact that you guys are shifting your focus towards that to, to grow online is really incredible for sure. Yeah,
2: definitely. We, that's, that's definitely it.
1: It's actually made us like enjoy this whole process a lot more, and yeah. like we go out now and we just we love getting content for the blog, and we get content for Instagram at the same time. Yeah. But it's like it's just so much more enjoyable because I think the pressure's off,
2: and it's, it comes through in our Instagram as well because we were getting really, di- I mean, we were getting really down with the whole process, and the way you feel is always, always portrayed through the pictures that you post and the stories that you put up so our stories were kind of depressing and our <laughs> pictures our captions were really depressing
1: we've been
2: through the up and down yeah, so we're now back to having fun with it i just like to have fun with instagram as does Havana. so the captions are back to being fun enjoyable relatable so it's really taking the pressure off us trying to make the instagram a success um so we're enjoying it again you know we, we feel so much happier on what we're trying to do you know we're clearer on our vision and what we're trying to do so that's no, it's good
0: I love it. Awesome. And I want to just quickly talk about uh, the importance of community when you're building something online. Because recently you guys created a online uh, Facebook group to help with uh, building this community. I just want you guys to talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of uh, community in building this online presence.
2: You go? Yeah. Me? Um, right, okay. So as I say... Um, as we put in the Facebook group our, we think that our community is our biggest commodity because you know on instagram again i'll go back to Instagram you can buy likes you can buy followers you can you can cheat your way to success but what you can't cheat your way to is genuine connections with genuine people and that is what we now measure our success on is these genuine connections and we feel like we may not get the, like the same engagement or the same growth on our pictures as we once did, or on our profiles we once did. But our DMs, every single day, our DMs are just flooding in with people who really relate to us and what we do, the sense of humour that we have, the way that we do things, um, the struggles that we have, the good times that we have, um, and we've we've created a lot of really genuine connections. And with that, you know, people are so willing to to share tips. To share hints to to give you information whether we need information say it's on pinterest we'll, we'll receive a ton of messages about pinterest if it's you know youtube we'll get a ton of messages about youtube whatever we ask for we get so much engagement in the dms it's just incredible amount of people that are so willing to to discuss things with us but that's because we give it back as well whatever time someone gives us we always make sure that we give them double the time back because it's a lot, it takes a lot for someone to actually type out a DM or to reply to a story. You know, it's, you know people invest a lot of time to do that. Um, so we always try and give them the same back, if not more. So it's, it's seen us build up all these real genuine connections. So what we wanted to do with that is instead of all these people contacting us directly all the time, we want to create a space where we can just put all these incredible people who have all got their talents in their own way into the one place where they could, so everyone can help everyone. So this is just a new thing for us. But, you know, we don't get anything from it. You know, we're not trying to grow. It's a Facebook closed group. So it's not as if we're trying to grow our Facebook channel or our YouTube channel or anything from it. You know, it's it's just purely we want people to have a space where they can go with a problem. And we know that there's people in there that will help them with that problem. And in equal measure, we can go to that group. And it's just basically our whole community is going to be there. So we can put in a a question to absolutely anything. And we know someone's going to answer it. Because there is so many incredible people with 100 followers, with 1,000 followers, with you know 100,000 followers. It doesn't really matter. There's, everyone's got a skill set that's valuable to you, and you've got something that's valuable to them. So that's why we created the, the community, and that's why we think community is the, the most important thing.
0: I love it. I love it. And I love that you guys created that group. And I just want to wrap up this interview by asking one last question here. And I mean, there's things that I look back on uh, from this journey that I, I wish I'd known what I know now uh, when I first started. And I want to ask you guys, you know, what is that one thing you wish you'd known uh, before starting this type of lifestyle, this this lifestyle of travel uh, and also creating content around travel?
1: Um, I guess just. I wish we started earlier. Like I wish we had the foresight to start what we're doing a lot earlier, because I feel like we'd be in such not a better place, but we'd we'd just know so much more now. And like you say, like it's it's funny in life how you get older and wiser and you learn more things, and you're like, oh, I wish I knew that back then. Um, what else?
2: We uh, we feel like we just came at the wrong time with Instagram. <laughs> I feel like if we had known what we know now maybe two years ago we, we could have really hit the ground running and, and been a lot further ahead than we are now but this is where we are and this is what we know now so
1: you live and learn yeah, right? yeah we
2: you know we've just got implemented the skills that we know now there's nothing we can do now about what we didn't know now uh, previously so for us we, we just try to look forward we don't try to dwell on too much about what we didn't do at the start
1: Um I think a big life lesson as well especially that's kind of hit home for me is just just with you know, us working online or like taking so much time out of our lives to do this blog, to do Instagram, to like, we're not just traveling, you know, it's like, we've got this side hustle. But I think the most important thing that I know now that I didn't know then is like, literally whatever you want to do in life, you put your mind to that, like put your head down and your bum up, work really hard for it. And literally there's nothing that will stop you from achieving what you want to achieve. Like you can do anything in life. So I think you know for people out there that have this idea or these dreams or these hopes or the wishes like just start like just do it start now like what are you waiting for yeah um, just go out there and do it and know that if you work the absolute hardest you've ever worked in your life like eventually you'll get there yeah, um, so yeah, I'm really glad that this journey has sort of taught me that mentality.
0: I love it. And there you have it, Jamie and Ivana sharing their stories with you today on the To the Nations Worldwide Travel Couple podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to our guests. Thank you so much, guys, for taking the time out of your day to join us here. Thank no you problem. so
1: much for having us. Thank it was an absolute pleasure. Yeah,
0: no, it was enjoyable. Thank you. And we wish you all the success and everything you're trying to do as well. This Definitely. is cool. Really enjoyed it.
1: Keep in touch.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I just want to give you to the floor. Tell our audience where they can find you online, where they can reach out to you and everything you want to leave them with. So
1: our blog is wwwwanderand um, We're at wanderin' 2 on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, we do have a YouTube channel but we don't use it but we might in the future
2: <laughs> yeah everything's basically Wander Into but that's and this, you know, this is where it's difficult because I tell people Wander Into and they think it's like Wander Into or they, spe- they always spell it oh, wrong so
1: it's W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-T-W-O <laughs> yeah.
2: so it's Wander Into yeah so that that's all our channels if you want to find us
0: thank you to all of our listeners out there to the nations worldwide we cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to today's episode visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 56 that's this episode episode number 56 show notes page Leave a comment in the page and let us know about your travel experiences together as a couple. We'll be sure to get back to you if you'd be so kind. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. This really helps us get this podcast out there into other people's ears. This is Mike Plutz and Natalie, hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.